Well, Coach, since the last time we sat on this couch, things are the same, but they're a little different in that you have been given a contract extension here at Syracuse, and uh, the community and everybody out there is very excited to hear that news. I'm sure you certainly were very excited to hear that news. Can you just kind of take us through that process and how it all culminated at this time as you get ready for the bowl game and recruiting's wrapping up, and it seemed like timing really worked out well in all senses there. Well, I think that, uh, you know, when you have a season like we had, there was, you know, you're getting two things going on in recruiting. You're getting people that says, hey, you know, they used to say bad things about us that we we're going to finish last and, you know, you're never going to go to a bowl game. And then obviously this year we erased both of those things. And the next thing they want to do is say, hey, you're, why do you want to go there? Because that's not the guy that's going to be coaching you. So it was really good timing on the administration, John Wilhag and, and uh, Chancellor Severud, of bring this thing together so we could save this recruiting class. And I th- do I think it was deserving? Yeah, I, I think it was deserving. But I think they're that they're – their fortitude of looking ahead and understanding how this all fits in the big picture that I thought their timing was excellent. And uh, as far as a baseball analogy, I think they hit the sweet spot and they drove it right over center field because this is really going to help us in recruiting and it's really going to help our university. It's one thing that you have the university and the administration behind you. What's your reaction here that the fans out there were really pushing for this and knocking on the wall saying, hey, listen, we want to go forward with this guy? Well, I think our fans have been great. I, I think back to the last two crowds, both being over 40,000 and the opponents that we were playing, but, uh, you know, build it and they will come sort of thing. And then the way they uh, sent out the 2018 class with the senior walk and, and doing something that really hasn't been done here before and them buying in and hanging around and, and showing the 2018 class how much they meant. Uh, it, it really, it's really an emotional thing for me because it's the way it should be. And I'm really excited that the 2018 class got a chance to feel what college football is supposed to be like. That's the college football that I played. That's the college football that I love. That connection between the community and the fans and the student athletes that go to the, that represent the, uh, the institution. So for them, for our fans, meaning them, to give that ex- taste and that experience to the 2018 class, I'll always, I'll always forgive them. I mean, I'll always remember that and I'll always be thankful for that. Coach, uh, you mentioned recruiting, and we're talking before the official early signing day here, so you know nothing official yet until the you know the faxes and the letters come in and everything. But in general, when you were out there recruiting, not only the past few weeks, but this whole cycle that's going to culminate with the early signing period this week, what was the reaction from the recruits? How were things different for you this time around as opposed to maybe the first two times you were out there recruiting? Well, the, you get uh, the first part of our class was recruited off of a four and eight team that beat Clemson. The second half of our recruiting class was uh, recruited off of a 9-3 and three team that finished second in the ACC Atlantic. And I think the main thing is that we were on some really outstanding players who now had evidence that they were going to a really fabulous school before they had faith. And maybe they weren't getting the support outside of their moms and dads of their friends and neighbors and and friends at school that they should be getting. Why that school? Why not this school? You're not going to win. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And thanks to the 2018 senior class and the way they led this team through the season, that those 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 athletes, those student athletes that committed to the four and eight Clemson team, the four and eight team that beat Clemson, now had something to hang their hat on. And then the other ones 
who committed to the 9-3 and three team that finished second in the ACC Atlantic could go and say, I see, they're winners, I'm right, I like the administration, I like the academics, I like the staff, we're on the uptrend, we're about to do some things that hasn't been done in a long time. And all that is exciting. I would imagine in recruiting, you know, the opportunity to, to play as early as possible is an incentive and it has to be earned. And you had a few players that got on the field and did that this year, but there's one player in particular I wanted to focus on. We certainly talked about him a time or two in these chats, but to see Andre Schmidt become the ninth unanimous All-American in Syracuse football history, if we were sitting here chatting a year ago, I don't know if, if that would come up in conversation. There's other players that you could certainly anticipate that, maybe Eric Dungy or, or something like that, but for a freshman to come in and just do something like that, it was incredible to see. It's it's unbelievable. There, I mean, it's two. You know, we talk all the time. There's there's two types of people. There's two types of teams. There's the consistently good, and there's occasionally great. Andre has come on and done something as a freshman, as long with uh, Andre Cisco. The same thing, being a consistent, being an All American as a freshman. That is absolutely unbelievable, and should be cherished and remembered forever. Now, with both of those young men and challenging them, I'm like, okay, now. Okay, you did this as a freshman, and you're still about to get coached. You're not perfect. And although we're striving for perfection every day, whether we attain it or not, that's God's will. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. But they have to continue to get better, and they have to still be open to coaching because they're not perfect. Coach, you've got uh, the bowl game coming up. You're really starting to hone in on things. A lot of practices here in Syracuse this week before you head down to Orlando on Christmas Eve. Uh, take me through that preparation now that you're, you're locking in on West Virginia, what these practices are like to not only mix in and prepare for West Virginia, but it's some extra practice time for some of these younger guys to take that step forward as a player. It's a three-pronged practice. The, the, the first goal and number one goal is to, to beat West Virginia, if possible. The second part is to develop the, uh, the underbelly of the football team. Okay? And the third thing is to launch the 2019 team. Okay, and maybe during the 2018 season. So there's three parts to the practice. We're trying to uh, put as much emphasis on each of those parts as possible. Number one goal is finding a way to get to double-digit wins to win 10. Second thing is it's a second spring ball, building up the depth and the experience of the twos and the threes in the football team. And then the third part is trying to launch the 2019 team and to send the 2018 team out with a bang. Were you disappointed to see maybe that Will Greer won't be playing quarterback for West Virginia? And now you're in a situation where you got a guy who's, I think, thrown 10 passes all season long. So the challenge in prepping for them gets a little tougher. It does. You know, we're playing a quarterback that's only had 11 plays or something to that effect. And the rumor has it they may play two. I don't know if that's true or false. We haven't seen any of them. So from a defensive standpoint, it puts a lot of stress on the defensive coaches in breaking this thing down and trying to prepare for stuff that you haven't seen. You know, you talk about faith, belief without evidence. This this is the, the biggest move of faith right here with the defensive coaches. I'm uh Greer, that's a that's a delicate situation and uh, I'm never going to I'm never going to say something bad about a young man that feels like he's doing what's best for his family. So, uh, I would love to see him play. He's an outstanding player as as a competitor, you always want to play against the best. 
but um, I would never say anything bad about somebody doing something to take care of the family. What are some other keys in this matchup with West Virginia as you prepare for the Mountaineers? And so, I mean, they can certainly score. We know that a lot of people, I think, are anticipating you know a back and forth, high scoring game. But as as you've looked at this team, what else uh, grabs you about them? Their defense is very complicated. They're a very unique defense, a three three stack, and you don't see it. It's a very uh, old school defense that's been very very effective for them. They've played fantastic defense. I want to say I watched a game um, last night. I think I believe it was against Kansas State. I don't think Kansas State scored a touchdown. And I think it was like two field goals or something to that effect. And to be able to hold a football team to not going on the board is a, an amazing feat defensively nowadays. The same thing that Notre Dame did to us. You know, they played an amazing game on defense. We helped them a little, but basically they played an amazing game. And this defense has the ability of, of doing something like that. So it's going to be a difficult task for us on offense and then uh, going against this defense because we haven't gone against it since I've been here. This is the first time in three years that we're going to play this style of defense. And then secondly, for our defense to prepare for a quarterback or quarterbacks they haven't seen is extremely difficult. All right, Coach, final thing for you. It's the holiday season here, and you brought it up. There's two times, two types of people in this world. And I'm going to ask you a question about that. There are two types of people in this world, those that believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie and those that do not. <laughs> so I want to know, do you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Golly. Now, I'm playing the whole movie in my mind right yeah. now. Oh, my goodness gracious. I will say this. I believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie for people over the age of 21. Okay. <laughs> okay. For everyone that's under the age of 13, it's probably not a Christmas movie. Good answer. But I yeah. do believe that I have seen Christmases like the Die Hard movie in real life. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. By the way, not a Christmas movie. Just my opinion. Just because it happens at Christmas time. Doesn't make it a Christmas movie. I got you. Great movie, one way or the other. I've Not seen, a Christmas. I've movie. seen some Christmas parties, <laughs> <laughs> minus the tor the, tor the terrorists that, that resemble some of the things that have gone on. There you go. Definitive <laughs> answer right there, folks. Well, Coach, thank you so much. Uh, good luck in Orlando, and a happy holidays to to you and everybody here at Syracuse football and to your family. Same thing with you, Brent. Happy holidays.